Hey there, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Joshua Sheehan, and this is episode number 254. The RV Entrepreneur is a community for people who are interested in downsizing their life, creating remote income, and working from anywhere. Our goal is to support and inspire entrepreneurs in and around the RV community. Today, we have the pleasure of talking with Duran Anderson. Duran is an entrepreneur, craftsman, and lifelong RVer who took a pain point with his RV, bug sneaking in through the screen door slider, and devised a solution that he took to market in his late 70s. I really enjoyed chatting with Duran. I think you all will enjoy his story. It's pretty cool to hear how long RVing has been a part of his life and how the RV bug stop played into that. And with that, let's dive into the interview with Duran. Well, Duran, welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm excited to have you on here. You've got a pretty cool RV product that I want to get into. But first, give me a little background on yourself, your story, and how you got into RVing. Well, I uh, started RVing years and years ago. I'm 82 years old. And when I was younger, I had kids, and we would go camping quite a bit. And even back in the, say, the 60s, there was a problem with the screen door on the RVs, but I didn't think about it and I didn't try to solve it. So in 2017, I came up with the idea to self-close that slide on your RV screen door that is always left open where the bugs come in. I got a patent on it and I am selling them online and through Amazon. Tell me a little bit about your progression. How, how did you get into RVing? When did that happen? And then how have you you've gone through the years? Have you had the same RV? Have you had different RVs? I went through quite a few in my lifetime. The first trailer I believe I bought was a 15-foot. I don't even remember the name of it, but we started camping. We had motorcycles back then, and... We would put the motorcycles in the back pickup. I was living in California at the time, and we would go out in the desert around Barstow and that area and just ride bikes. And, of course, we'd go uh, fishing with the kids and whatnot. And then after that, we progressed into a larger trailer and uh, just kept, kept doing it. And when we got older and the kids got old enough to leave the house, they got married and then they followed suit. So my family has been around RVs all my life since I was probably 20 years old. Do you still have an RV? I just sold it. Had a toy hauler. Like say, I'm up there in age, so it was getting harder for me to load and unload the Can-Am side-by-side that I had. It was just getting harder. My wife has got problems with uh, her health, so I hated to do it, but that was probably our last RV. Thinking back over your years of RVing, what are some of the fondest memories you have RVing? Uh, That's kind of tough. They were all very good memories, but uh, we had a lot of fishing trips up in the mountains. We'd go up on uh, Manti, Utah, which I live in Utah. It's a place called Skyline Drive. It's up about 10,000 feet and it's beautiful and spent a lot of time up there. And I used to archery hunt, and we'd take the trailer up on the mountain and and do that for many years. Uh, Those were probably some of the fondest years. What did you do for a living? Well, like I say, I was in California when I was younger, and me and my two brothers started a ornamental iron shop. 
in uh, Santa Fe Springs. I was only 21 at the time. My two older brothers, they were three and four years older than me. Uh, we started it and uh, it became very successful. We moved the shop out to Anaheim, California, and it was called Anderson Brothers Artistic Iron. And my brother's son actually still has it, and it's out in Corona now. It's one of the oldest uh, iron shops in Southern California. Very cool. So decorative iron, would that be things like gates? Uh, yeah, gates, like on apartment buildings, uh, stairways, uh, pool fence, uh, and window guards, things like that. Very cool. And then so RVing was purely a recreational thing for you? It sounded like taking motorcycles yeah. out was a, a release and then just getting out away from away from the city for a little bit? Yeah, and also I got into uh, desert racing in the motorcycle. The family would go and we'd go camp out in the desert again. And usually on Sundays, the races were, and that was a lot of fun. What kind of motorcycle did you ride? Well... When I first got into it, it was just before the two-stroke motorcycles got popular over here. Uh, they were popular in Europe, but they were just starting to get noticed over here in America. And a lot of people had those that was racing, but I was stubborn. So I stayed with the BSA 500 and learned real quick that it could not compete with the two-strokes for the desert racing. Mm -hmm. So I ended up with a Husqvarna 250. So most of your motorcycle riding was at off-road? Oh, yeah. Although I did have some Harleys throughout my life and take trips on that, my wife and I and some friends and family. But to get back to my what I was doing for a living, eventually... I think it was about 1972. I'd been in business in California for about 12 years. And I got kind of tired of the traffic down there, even in 1972. I uh, have uh, family in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. So I moved up there and started building houses as an owner builder out and around Las Vegas. And uh, I didn't want to get back in the iron business. So I Tried that, but back in the 70s, we had a problem with the gas like we're having today. I was building outside of Vegas a little ways, and I could not sell the house because the people didn't want to have to pay for the gas to travel from five or six miles out mm. of town. So I ended up having to sell the last house I built and decided I better uh, get back to something I know. I started a business down there, and it was uh, 1978, I believe, I started it. And it's going today. It's called Imperial Iron Works, and my son still has it today. Very cool. So you've been an entrepreneur your whole life? Uh, pretty much, yes. Yeah. So how did the idea for the RV bug stop come about? Obviously, you said you've had the pain point of the little plastic slider near the handle of the door. People leave it open, forget to close it, and then all the bugs get in. Why did you decide to fix that problem? Well, I'm surprised I didn't think of it sooner. I mean, it had been a problem all throughout my RVing years. The kids, I would yell at them all the time to close that slide because uh, they would forget, and everybody would close it behind them. So I was up on the mountain in 2017 and the mosquitoes were pretty bad. The 
it was left open. And of course, we got a lot of mosquitoes in the in the trailer. So it just a bell rang that something needs to be done with that thing. So that's how it started. I came home, built a uh, one out of what I had, a plastic tubing, square tubing, and I put a spring inside of it. And uh, somehow I attached it to the screen door and it worked. I took that and had it made out of aluminum. They're made in China, which I didn't care for, but that's just the nature of the, the world. I'm selling them online and also Amazon. So in going through the process of finding, you know, you had your prototype with the plastic tubing in a spring. How did you then go through the iterations of, of landing on the aluminum tubing that, that mounts underneath it? What was the progression of different versions, I guess, to get you to this point now? Well, when I uh, had that prototype built, somehow I ended up meeting a fellow from China, but he lived here, mm-hmm. and he had connections in China, and so he took the prototype over there, and they copied it pretty much, but they, instead of the plastic, they used the uh, anodized aluminum, and it's a very simple item. It uh, square tubing one inside the other that slides with a spring tied to the inside one so it will spring back and that inside one hooks over the end of the slide itself and so when you open it it'll come back how did you get a hold of this gentleman were you searching out someone who could do manufacturing or was it serendipitous that you cross paths well that's a story in itself i have a friend that lives here and he actually invented the cereal box top uh, that closes the tab. He invented that, and he has had several inventions. That was one of his biggest ones. Anyway, I got with him, and he had a lot of connections, and so he is the one that set me up with this uh, individual. Were there any challenges dealing with going through the manufacturing process? You sent the prototype over. They came back with you know, their own version of the prototype. Did you have to go through different ways to improve it? Being halfway across the world, were there any roadblocks that you ran into in the manufacturing process? I think I was pretty lucky to find this individual that you know knew the language, and he had connections over there, and that helped a lot, and it went real smooth. I think they made one prototype. They sent it over here. I checked it out. I think it was one minor fix that I needed, and I think it had to do with the spring. It had to be a little stronger. And after they did that, they sent the new one over, and I tested it many times, you know, thousands of times to be sure that the spring wasn't going to break or something was going to go bad with it. And then after I was satisfied, we went ahead and had them build the molds and go ahead and manufacture them. I ended up purchasing 12,000 of them. Do you recall how long that entire process took from contacting this gentleman to having products in hand ready to sell? Probably took about two to three months from prototype to actual product. So, yeah, it went, I thought pretty fast for, you know, dealing with people, uh, you know, a thousand miles away. Yeah, most definitely. I would agree. That's pretty quick. So now you've got 12,000 units, I assume just sitting in your garage. What was the next step? 
<laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, there are uh, many boxes. There's a hundred in each box. And so that box is about 18 inches square. Luckily, I have a RV garage, which is pretty big. So they're all lined up along the walls in my garage. Although I'm down to about 5,000 now. And then, so did you already have your website built by the time the product came in? Uh, yes. Yeah, I made sure that I was ready to sell, you know, before the product got here. And then I assume you just took a selection of those and sent them to Amazon to house in their warehouse, or are you shipping them directly from your garage? Well, the first uh, two to three years, I fulfilled them myself, mm-hmm. which is very simple, run to the post office. Just the last, say, four months ago, I decided to let Amazon fulfill them. So it's on Prime on Amazon, and so they're fulfilling the orders. And what are your thoughts on that? Well, of course, sales picked up probably 25% or 30%. So, yeah, it's working out pretty good. I do also still sell them on my website, which is just rvbugstock.com. So anyone can purchase them there or through Amazon. Have you found any RVs that they do not fit? Is there any sort of thing that if someone's looking to to install this, they need to, to pay attention to? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. On the package, of course, it tells you these will fit probably 90% of all RVs that are manufactured today. And they will fit, if you measured your slide, the plastic slide horizontally, which I call the length, it will fit all those slides from 10 and three quarter to 13 inches. So if somebody's interested, they can measure that slide. And if it's within that range, it will work. And of course, if not, uh, we refund. And so walk me through the installation process. How does it attach to the door? Okay, on the uh, outside tube, the aluminum, there's a two-sided tape, 3M tape. Mm -hmm. And all you do is uh, peel the cover off the tape and line it up with the screen door bar that goes across right where the slide slides in and out that groove you got to be sure and line it up before you stick it there because you will not get it off without razor blades and uh, gasoline and <laughs> i'll tell you i've had to take one off and it was not fun yeah and then so how does it the spring portion actually attach to the slider then yeah the the, the actual aluminum piece is a five-eighths square okay and on one side of that is the tape and that just it's a minute and a half to two minute installation job very simple and anybody can do it if they just follow the directions gotcha so the portion that slides on is attached to the door frame with the tape and then the portion that goes in the slider is also attached with the same tape well yeah the the inside tube that goes in and out has a tab on it that sticks out and that's what hooks Hmm. behind the plastic slide so when you open the slide that pulls that inside tube with it and then that's of course what uh, shuts it with a spring understood since you've launched the rv bug stop obviously it was designed with your pain point of having bugs enter through that have you found out any other things or feedback from customers that it's providing any other benefit 
a lot of the customers actually have written reviews that they were thankful because it kept the cats and the dog. I, I heard even the dog could get out through that. What the dog would do is open that slide and then reach over and hit the handle on the screen door and then the, the whole door would open. The smart dogs like that could escape that way, and this would, of course, stop that. And the cats climb up the screen, and they actually just push that open with their paw and jump out. Do you have to do any maintenance on the Ivory Bug Shop? No. Once that's installed, I had concerns uh, at first whether that 3M tape was going to deteriorate or if it was in the heat, what was going to happen to it. But I've had customers in Vegas have had their RV setting outside in 110 degrees for now three years, and it's just as good as new. So that worked out very well. Good to hear. Good to hear. Talk to me about how you're marketing the RV Bug Stop. Is it just placing the item on Amazon and then having a website, or are you actively going out and, and trying to sell the product? Basically, just the, just those two. I, I don't spend a lot of money on advertisement. A lot of it is uh, word of mouth. But somehow Amazon, by being on Amazon, it is seen more than through my website. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's all I do is sell through those two mediums. Good. Regarding RV Bug Stop, what does a successful future look like for you? Well... I will probably pass this over to my son, and it depends on what he wants to do with it. I know if you threw a lot of money at it, it would do a lot better. I just don't want to do that at this time of my life. So I see a good future with it. There's nothing out there on the market like it. And I think it's going to be something that's going to sell for many years because they're still manufacturing those trailers with that same system. They have changed some of the screen doors, uh, which is a, a better working thing. It's different than what they have been doing since probably day one that uh, the first RV was made. So, yeah, it's, it's got a it's got a good future, but like I say, I'm getting up there in age, and I don't want to have to go through all the marketing and and the, and spending the money. But it, it could be a big big item. Mm-hmm. It got me thinking. Have you ever reached out to any of the manufacturers to see if they would be interested in putting on their rigs from the factory? Uh, yes, in the very beginning, that was one of the things that we did was. Uh, reach out to them. We had a couple of manufacturers like Forest, I forget the name. It's, Forest River? Yeah, they were interested, but nothing became of it. We approached uh, Lippert, which is a manufacturer of screen doors, and a few other manufacturers. They never really did anything with it, so gotcha. it's just strictly selling to the, the public. Well, that sounds like a, a good model, especially you get it on up on Amazon. It sounds like they've increased your visibility quite a bit. And it sounds like it's a, a product that, you know, you can, it's small enough that it's okay to, to house in your garage. It's not taking up a ton of real estate in your personal space. No, no problem with storing. They don't take up a lot of room. Mm-hmm. 
Awesome, Duran. Thank you very much for sharing the story about RV Bug Shop with us. I think it's a testament to a lot of folks out there that are, are out in the RV. They're seeing minimal problems, something that you know has been around for years, decades, and uh, sometimes just a simple, a simple plastic tubing in a spring could be the solution to a small pain point, but it could also turn into a business and something that you, you pass on yeah. to generations to come. Yeah, it took me a long time to finally have that light bulb come on, but better late than never. Absolutely. And so, folks, if you're interested in checking out the RV Bug Stop, you can head over to rvbugstop.com. You can see on the about, about us a picture of Duran, and I assume your wife there sitting out in front of your RV. And uh, you check out this pretty cool product. And again, it's no tool installation. It closes that slider, keeps the bugs out, the kids in, pets in. Duran, thank you very much for sharing your, your story and your product with us. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Duran. It's quite impressive how quickly he brought the product to market after coming up with the idea, just several months. So think about that. That idea you've been kicking around, it could be live and on sale by Christmas time. What are you waiting for? I also think it's a really cool testament that never let age determine success. Duran launched the RV Bug Stop in his late 70s. You have no excuses. Take that idea you've been thinking about and get it out there. See if the market embraces it. It's really an inspirational story to me of there isn't a problem too small that can't be solved. And if the market is willing to embrace it, it's a great entrepreneurial idea. So give it a try. If you're interested in connecting with Duran and checking out the bug step, I'll put a link to the installation video in the show notes as well as their website where you can purchase an RV bug stop or you can head on over to Amazon and type in RV bug stop. It'll come up with the slider. It really is a super quick and easy installation. You pull off the 3M tape, you stick it on, that's it. And if you'd like to connect with the rest of the RV Entrepreneur community, make sure you head over to our Facebook group, therventrepreneur.com slash Facebook group. We'll get you there. And if you have any questions for Duran or anyone else that's been on the show, leave us a voicemail. Therventrepreneur.com slash voicemail would be the place to do that. And if you or someone you know would be a good guest for this show, get that guest form filled out. Therventrepreneur.com slash guest form. We'll take you to that form and we'd love to have you on the show. That's all I have for you guys today. I'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Take care and happy trails.